0: on 8th of March, Tuesday, and a lot of action overnight, but not a lot of action here. Wall Street was down almost 800 points. And when the US market starts moving 3% in a night, you start to get a little bit concerned about a precipitous moment happening. I still think this is a temporary head fake from the market on the war and that we could see the end of it very quickly. So not getting too concerned about it. But NASDAQ down 3.6% overnight, S&P down 2.95%. But Before we get too upset, I would just point out that since war broke out, our market is down 4%, the S&P 8.5% and the NASDAQ 11.6%. This is not pandemic precipitous or GFC precipitous. This is a bit of a sell-off and we've also got two ends of our market doing two different things. I'll get to that later. Anyway, we're 12 days into the war. The obvious concern is sanctions on Russia and in particular Russia saying that the oil price will go to $300 if they close their main gas pipeline into Europe and that they are threatening to do that if the US stop using Russian imports of oil. So a bit of a standoff on oil. 13-year high on the oil price, up 3.2% overnight. And gold up 1.5%. That's over 2,000. Nickel, we'll come to nickel in a minute. Iron ore up 7%. Coal up 6%. And that is the story of the market. Commodities doing extremely well, whilst the rest of the market, particularly technology, doing particularly badly. And that's hurting the forever poor. Portfolio, I've got to tell you. We've got things like realestate.com and car sales and aristocrat leisure in there. They're all getting nailed in this market. Anyway, moving on. One of the big stories overnight is the nickel price up 75%. It's now doubled in the last 12 days. And the LME have seen a slightly disorderly market as Russia produces around 10% of the world's nickel. And obviously there's concerns that sanctions will kill all that off and you'll get a squeeze on nickel. All these things I think are short term temporary and and I would be looking to sell into them rather than buy into them, but I wouldn't be selling necessarily today. And the nickel nickel stocks are some of them are up five percent today, but it's not massive stuff. Otherwise, Citigroup downgraded their S and P 500 target by around ten percent overnight. Bitcoin's down thirteen percent, and I see the IMF saying that they expect a severe impact on the global economy. I'll talk about that in a minute. That's about that. And Tom, what's happening this morning, if anything?
1: Thanks, Marcus. Yeah, a bit of a quiet day on the corporate front. But just to recap on some of the sector themes, miners are down despite those commodity moves overnight, not really translating into prices. We're talking about how they all know it's going to be temporary, really. Gold stocks a bit higher, healthcare higher with CSL up more than 2%. Banks improving, technology stocks easing. I talked about the five things you need to know today. You sort of touched on a few. Again, nickel, AFR business summit kicks off. We've got Morgan Stanley, CEO speaking. He's talking about the rush Ukraine conflict and how it's going to lead to faster rate hikes. ScoMo and the CEOs from CBA and Macquarie are also speaking. Also of interest, China has cut its economic growth forecast for 2022 to 5.5% down from 6% but there was a bit of commentary this morning about how the iron ore outlook is still solid and uh, we've got those stimulus measures flowing from the Olympics helping and offering a tailwind there. No corporate on the docket, Sonic Healthcare, QUB and Aluka Resources trading ex-dividend. And Woolworths doesn't appear to be too bothered by some regulation changes in New Zealand to help competition. On the economic front, we have NAB Business Confidence for February. And that is about it.
0: And we're looking at the FOMC meeting next week. And we've got an ECB meeting on Thursday. Thursday. And we've got Philip Lowe speaking... Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Right, good. Uh Chris, what have we got on Tuesday? Technical front today.
2: Yeah, so looking at Oz Minerals this morning, another materials play, and really, you know, we've been saying it for a while, materials and energy, the only game in town. That's the little subheading that I've got on Oz Minerals this morning. It does have strong support at $24, printed a double bottom there and has broken higher above the neckline, which sat at about $26.50. So uh, still some upside, I think, in commodities, but just something that we've all touched on this morning is just not knowing when this aggressive spike in oil prices and energy prices is going to change. So I I dived out of my energy theme trade a couple of days ago. Uh, in hindsight I probably would have should have left it open for one more day, but this morning we see despite oil prices up again overnight, we see Woodside down a 3% I think it is and Santos down 1.5%. So you would think with rising oil prices again overnight that that trade would continue, but clearly there's some people out there like me thinking that this move has an <laughs> asymmetry of risk to the downside. It can't go on like this forever and some people taking profits off the table So like I said, I was probably maybe a day or two too early, um, but clearly some people are starting to think like me, and we do have that materials trade, which is still going okay as well. But just need to be really on point with these trades. They are themes. They will appear quickly. That's the whole point of it, and can disappear quite quickly as well. Yes, Tom?
1: And also, you took some relatively handsome profits there, so you shouldn't be knocking that as well. No, yeah. At the end of the day, it was a profitable
0: trade, a profitable idea, so it was a good result. Yeah, I can't help feeling that nickel up 75% is is a day that we will come back to in uh, yep. even years time and go remember that yeah it's like when oil went to minus forty dollars it was never going to stay there. and you're dealing with a, a commodities market backwardations leverage uh, creates some enormous short-term movements
1: well, a lot of the spike as well reading overnight stuff was due to short covering in the nickel yeah in the nickel price. Oh, yeah. short <laughs> squares yeah
2: and uh, it's well it's all speculation it's all spe- there's, you know it's, these are not the natural supply and demand forces in these markets there's a lot of <laughs> speculation in there well,
0: I think, it, obviously, the Russian war stuff does help the general trend in metal prices, commodity prices, etc. but spiking share prices as well are probably going to be short. Yeah. That's our point today. Right, Leighton, what have we got on the broker front, if anything? Thanks,
3: Marcus. There's a bit going on today. Got Incitec Pivot upgraded to outperform Credit Suisse. They've increased their target price 7.5%, and that's now 11% above the current share price. QBE Insurance, Credit Suisse has lowered its target 13%, but it still remains the broker's preferred sector pick. The new target still implies an upside of 43%, and I just had a look before. All the brokers are very bullish with it, with an average target price 41% above the current share price, but it's just worth noting that it did go ex-dividend yesterday and fell about 6% on that. And one more, UBS lowered its target price for Magellan Financial Group, 12.5% with a sell rating, and that target is now 6% below the current share price. Just having a look this morning at the broker recommendations, Got sell, neutral, underweight, downgrade, hold, and downgrade, but the average target price is 21.5% above the current share price.
0: Sorry, and what stock was that on? That was the Magellan. Good. All right. In my section today, I am uh, still writing it. Uh, I am talking about the war trade, which is which stocks have done particularly well and which stocks have done particularly badly since war broke out only 12 days ago. And therefore, what we could be looking to buy should peace talks suddenly break out or the trend in all these commodities and indicators from the VIX volatility to the oil price to the Russian rule. If they all reverse for a day or two, then what would we be looking to buy? So I'm writing about the war trade today, which stocks to buy on. I I don't think we can be buying anything now for a war exposure, but certainly there are stocks that are now looking cheap, that do have earnings that have been flogged, that we will be looking to buy on the sign that the war sentiment is going to improve. That's what I'm writing about today. Right, question of the day is, if you were a car, Thomas, what might make a model
1: would you be? I should say, that's a fantastic question, that Marcus. A good question, yeah. And yeah. I think I'd be a Land Cruiser Sahara, mainly because I'm tough, rugged, capable, and built for the outdoors. <laughs> <And> Chris, <laughs>
0: and, what would you be? Sorry, Tom, modest as well, you can modest. That. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Humble, humble. Yeah,
1: uh, well,
2: like Henry, I love Porsche, but I certainly don't think I am a Porsche. I would be the car that I have, and that is a Hilux. You know, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I like to think I work pretty hard and ultimately get the job done. So I'm nothing more sophisticated than a Hilux,
3: uh, Layton. <laughs> so I like to shoot for the stars here, and it's probably also just my favourite car, an Audi R8. Just class, Ben. I'm not much of a car guy. I appreciate a car, but I'm not a big car guy. So I asked Chris for some advice. I said something that fairly understated, but still has a bit of go. And the answer that he gave me was an Audi RS6, which I believe is a bit of a wagon. It's a that, wagon, yeah. That gets to a hundred
2: very quickly. Yeah, so three point six seconds zero to hundred. So
0: and Marcus, what would you be? Uh, clearly, I would be an s-class mercedes same same i love the s-class that beth drives in yellowstone but my dad used to work for mercedes and he used to say that if you buy a mercedes you get the same depreciation as you get with three japanese cars over 10 years but you get to drive a mercedes and if it saves your life one year it's a good year so i really value the safety factor of mercedes if i've heard it once i've heard it a few times that that car saved my life and That's why I would drive. Very good. And that's about that. Right. As I leave you, stock market up four points. We are not responding to Wall Street's fall. We are not responding to the commodity price rises. We are looking like we don't know quite what to do, which suggests could be near a turning point. We'll see. Have a good day, everyone. Speak to you tomorrow. (laughs)